Leviticus chapter 18. Yahweh said to Moses, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, I am Yahweh your God. You shall not do as they do in the land of Egypt, where you lived. You shall not do as they do in the land of Canaan, where I am bringing you. You shall not follow their statutes. You shall do my ordinances. You shall keep my statutes and walk in them. I am Yahweh your God. You shall therefore keep my statutes and ordinances, which if a man does, he shall live in them. I am Yahweh. None of you shall approach, approach any close relatives to uncover their nakedness. I am Yahweh. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father, nor the nakedness of your mother. She is your mother. You shall not uncover her nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's wife. It is your father's nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your sister, the daughter of your father, or the daughter of your mother, whether born at home or born abroad. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your son's daughter, or of your daughter's daughter, even their nakedness, for theirs is your own nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's wife, father's wife's daughter, conceived by your father, since she is your sister. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's sister. She is your father's near kinswoman. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your mother's sister, for she is your mother's near kinswoman. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's brother. You shall not approach his wife. She is your aunt. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your daughter-in-law. She is your son's wife. You shall not uncover her nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your brother's wife. It is your brother's nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of a woman and her daughter. You shall not take her son's daughter or her daughter's daughter to uncover her nakedness. They are near kinswoman. It is wickedness. You shall not take a wife in addition to her sister to be a rival, to uncover her nakedness while her sister is still alive. You shall not approach a woman to uncover her nakedness as long as she is impure by her uncleanness. You shall not lie carnally with your neighbour's wife and defile yourself with her. You shall not give any of your children as a sacrifice to Molech. You shall not profane the name of your God, I am Yahweh. You shall not lie with a man as with a woman, that is detestable. You shall not lie with any animal to defile yourself with it, no woman may give herself to an animal to lie down with it. It is a perversion. Don't defile yourself in any of these things, for in all these the nation, nations which I am casting out before you were defiled. The land was defiled. Therefore I punished its iniquity, and the land vomited out her inhabitants. You therefore shall keep my statutes and my ordinances, and shall not do any of these abominations, neither the native-born nor the stranger who lives as foreigner among you. For the men of the land that were before you have done all these abominations, and the land became defiled, that the land not vomit you out also, when you defile it as it vomited out the nation that was before you. For whoever shall do any of these abominations, even the souls that do them shall be cut off from among their people. Therefore you shall keep my requirements that you do not practice any of these abominable customs which were practiced before you, and that you do not defile yourselves with them, 
I am Yahweh, your God. This chapter is all about sexual sins, and um, this is more clearly applicable to us today, just as it was to people back then. But it starts by saying that you shall not copy the Egyptians, and you shall not copy the people of Canaan. So they used to live with the Egyptians and they saw their evil practices, and they're going to live with the Canaanites and going to see their evil practices, and the Lord's saying, don't follow any of their ways, but do what I'm telling you. And then it goes through this big long list of people that you shall not uncover their nakedness. If you read a different um, version, it'll have a different um, phrase for this, but to uncover their nakedness was like a figure of speech. In the Burton Kaufman commentaries, he explains that this could mean marry that person, uh, or more, more literally could mean to have sex with that person. So it goes through this big long list of don't do it with your, um, you know, your sister, with your mother, with your daughter, with your granddaughter. And, it, and of course, there's also a general statement that says not with any close relative. And um, so these are all the kind of the, the sense, basically the sense of it is, is that you shouldn't marry or have sex with um, your relatives. And it does say, of course, also not to marry your wife's sister while she is living. So it allows for the fact that if you marry a woman and she dies, you could then marry her sister. She's a close relative, but she's not related by blood. That was allowed um, if there had been a death. And we know, if you think back in the Bible, when we were doing the Genesis videos, we see that all these things actually happened. Jacob did marry two sisters. They're alive at the same time. Abraham married his sister. Um, you know, um, Esau married close relatives. There are lots of examples of people marrying their relatives. Um, and it wasn't just Bible examples, um, but in other cultures in ancient times, it was really common. If you know much about your Egyptian history, I don't know heaps, but I do know that there were certain dynasties of Egyptian royals that married only in their own families, like the 18th dynasty. Archaeologists tell us that there was a lot of incest. They call it incest, but it was, it was official. You know, a brother would marry his sister, they'd have children. The brother would marry the sister, they would have children. This thing would happen for several generations. That was okay back then. But I think the Lord in his great wisdom knew that this wasn't a good thing to have keep on happening. And so he made a rule about it. And, um, and we know that um, you know, genetically now, it's, it's not wise to do that. And then after the, it, the first half of the chapter, it, it went through all those basically examples of not marrying or having sex with close relatives. It then goes on to talk about other types of sexual relations that you shouldn't have. And um, these are all things we still believe are true as New Testament Christians. In the New Testament, it's summarized um, more or less in one statement that we should not be sexually immoral. You know, God has designed us to be uh, married in marriage and to be faithful in marriage. That's God's plan right from the beginning with Adam and Eve. And that's the Christian position. And um, in the New Testament, the Lord Jesus takes this to another whole level. So here it's very physical. In other words, if you physically do this with someone, you've done the wrong thing. But in the New Testament, Jesus lifts it up to a whole new level, and he now says that what you desire to do, if you desire to do the wrong thing, um, now you've done wrong. 
So he says, if anyone looks at a woman with lust, he's committed adultery. Or if any, if any woman thinks about what would it be like to be married to that other man, they've committed adultery. You know, it's, it's this desire of a certain different situation. That's what's wrong. And some people have said, oh, that seems so unfair. That seems like unrealistic. And um, I'd like to share with you what um, famous theologian of the church, St. Augustine, had to say about this. And he, he wrote a book in about the 450-ish, way back then, called The City of God. And it's a very famous book outside of the Bible and outside of Pilgrim's Progress and a few other books like The Imitation of Christ. The City of God would have to be one of the books that's influenced Western culture hugely. And in this book, he was talking about uh, this situation where Christian women, there were certain single Christian women that had been raped by Roman soldiers or they'd been raped by other men. And they, um, this one woman, she wanted to, to commit suicide because she felt so guilty. She felt like she had displeased the Lord, that she'd committed the sin of adultery. When uh, This is after she was raped. And Augustine was writing in this in the city of God, and he said, don't um, commit suicide. You know, first of all, suicide's wrong. You know, we've been told not to murder, and committing suicide is the sin of murder. You're murdering yourself. But he said, apart from that, he said, you haven't done anything wrong. So yes, you've physically committed a sexual act with someone that you're not married to. So physically, you could technically say that was a sin, but it's not a sin because you didn't want to. So he's, he's basically saying you didn't desire for that to happen. It was forced upon you. So therefore, it wasn't sin. So you can see how that's the exact reasoning that Jesus used. Jesus said, if you desire to commit adultery, then you have. You know, if you look at someone and lust after them, which is the desire to commit adultery, or if a woman looks at a, a man and, and desires to be married to him, but she's not, she's already married, that's adultery. And so um, we see here that it's the desire that makes things either sinful or holy, not the actual act itself. And so a lot of people, they might have the desire to do something immoral, but they don't do it because the consequences bother them. So for example, they might um, you know, be interested in a certain person, but they know that they don't want to endanger you know, their own life or their own reputation or their own marriage, or you know, they don't want to affect their own children or their career prospects, or, or maybe it's illegal and they don't want to get caught. And so people often have a lot of reasons for, doing, for not doing the wrong thing, but a lot of it's just selfish reasons. But if you were to remove all those reasons and remove all the consequences and just present someone with the opportunity to be immoral, a lot of people would. They would proceed with it. And that's just human nature. <coughs> and that's what Jesus is talking about. Jesus is saying that the desire to do it is the same as having done it. And so what we've got here is a chapter that basically was showing the Israel, children of Israel that you shouldn't be worldly and then gave them a whole heap of examples of the behavior they shouldn't do. When we come into the New Testament, Jesus has taken it up a whole nother level and the command about not being like the Egyptians and not being like the Canaanites in the New Testament that's given to us by, being say, by saying that we must not be worldly. We're in the world, but we must not live the way the world lives. 
And all around us, there are people who live in all sorts of ways. They do all sorts of things and they will say, there's nothing wrong with how I live. I can live however I want. Well, of course they're gonna say those things, but the fact is we have the scriptures that tell us that there is a way that we should live and the Lord's telling us to follow his statutes and his laws and not to follow the statutes and the laws of the world around us. The whole theme of the book of Leviticus is to be holy because God is holy and that comes into the way that we live. The people that lived in the land of Israel before the Israelites, the Canaanites, the Bible says they were going to be vomited out of the land because their way of life was, was foul. God was not pleased and they needed to be removed. And later on in the book of Deuteronomy, God's going to say to the Israelites, I'm not bringing you into this land because you're good. I'm bringing you in to get rid of those other people because they're bad. And we have to be mindful of that too. We have to be mindful that, that there's, there are ways that just displease the Lord and we need to, to make sure we don't live in those ways. This isn't about earning salvation. Salvation is by faith and grace. But once we are God's people, we, we realize that we want to please the Lord. And so we live in a manner that pleases him. So Father, I ask you to help us to be God's holy people. Lord, it says in Hebrews 1.9 that you love righteousness and you hate wickedness. And Lord, we want to be people like that. We want to be people who are holy as you are holy. People who love what is right and hate what is wrong. Give us the grace to not be like the world that's all around us, but to follow your ways, your ways of holiness, we pray. In Jesus' name.